It's been good though. It's been good. It's, it's just good always watching, you know, these young guys get the opportunity to showcase and play well and also some of my young coaches, you know, to be able to get this type of experience. So it's been fun. I think the biggest thing for me with school, I struggled when I came into the league. It wasn't anybody's fault. I just wasn't quite ready, man. You know, and I'm playing. I luckily got a chance to learn from when I came to Denver. But I told Scoot, I just want to be for him what I needed at that time. But he's going to have to earn everything. You know, he's going to have to earn it. Hey, Rip City. This is Anthony Simons, and it's time to open the briefcase with Casey Hodo. Greetings, Blizzard fans, and welcome to the briefcase. Episode 50 of the briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall, and that was Trailblazers head coach Chauncey Billups discussing his thoughts on the Trailblazers' run at the Las Vegas Summer League and his mentorship of Scoot Henderson, who Portland selected with the third overall pick of the 2023 NBA Draft. Billups' comments are from the ESPN2 broadcast of the Trailblazers' final game in Las Vegas, a 104-78 loss to the Miami Heat Sunday night at Thomas & Mack Center on the campus of UNLV. We'll consider the Trailblazers' play in Vegas, recap how they came this close to having the chance of repeating at Summer League Champs, and run down some of the individual stats Portland's players put up in Sin City on this edition of The Briefcase. As you probably know, the Trailblazers did not have the opportunity to get to the Summer League semifinals, which would have opened up the opportunity for them to repeat as 2023 NBA Las Vegas Summer League Champions after winning the tournament in 2022. They came very close to having that opportunity, but fell just short. And this is how. With a 3-1 record and a 6.3-point differential, Portland went into the last day of preliminary round play at the Las Vegas Summer League in fifth place, just behind the cut line to qualify for the tournament semifinals. Once again, only the top four teams qualified for the semifinals. If they would have any opportunity to defend their 2022 Las Vegas Summer League tournament championship, they would need quite a bit of help. And they actually almost got it. A number of teams that started Friday at 2-1, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Indiana Pacers, the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the San Antonio Spurs lost their fourth games, and even those teams that did win to get to 3-1, such as the LA Clippers, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Detroit Pistons, didn't do so by large enough margins to surpass Portland's point differential, which is the multi-team tiebreaker at Summer League. You get into a situation where you're watching these games, and it becomes not only whether or not the team wins or loses, but how much the team wins or loses by to figure out where Portland stands after the result of that game. And since it's NBA Summer League, it's a little looser, they don't necessarily update the standings as quickly as they would in a regular NBA season, so you end up having to do some of that work yourself, which we did quite a bit on Friday. So even though there were multiple games throughout the day that could have bumped Portland out of fifth place, they remained in their spot going into the penultimate game of the preliminary round, a tilt between the Suns and the undefeated Utah Jazz. If Utah, 3-1 going into Friday's contest, lost that game, Portland would jump into fourth regardless of how much they lost by, thus qualifying for the semifinals along with Cleveland, Brooklyn, and Houston, the only team that Portland lost to in the preliminary round. However, the Jazz refused to cooperate. Utah trailed by as many as 9 points and were down 87-86 late in the fourth quarter, but Closa came out by outscoring Phoenix 11-6 in the final three minutes to come away with a 97-93 victory. With the win, Utah improved to 4-0 to finish the preliminary round in third and ensure that Portland would miss a chance to add another Summer League Tournament Championship ring to their collection, something guys like Jabari Walker and Shaden Sharp, who won last year, were very much looking forward to. So with nothing on the line but Summer League bragging rights, the Trailblazers rested Shaden Sharp in their fifth and final game in Las Vegas, a Saturday night tilt versus the Miami Heat. 
And without Scoot Henderson, who sat out all but the first three quarters of the summer league with a right shoulder injury, and Keon Johnson, who also got only a minute in the summer league before dislocating a finger that kept him out for all of Portland's run in Las Vegas, the Blazers were outscored 56-26 to in the second half to come away with a 26-point loss. In that game, Michael DeVoe finished with 16 points and 5 assists, Wap Reith had 18 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks, and a steal in 18 minutes, Chris Murray added 12 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals in 26 minutes, and Jabari Walker finished up another quality summer league with 10 points and 4 rebounds in 17 minutes. So Portland finished their Las Vegas Summer League with a 3-2 record, with the losses coming in their first game, and on a buzzer-beating three-pointer, and their last game. All in all, a relatively successful Summer League for the Trailblazers, if for no other reason than it makes you feel very good about what they have in terms of young talent going forward. Wins and losses don't matter all that much at Summer League. They matter a little bit more now because of the tournament, at least to the players. But really, more than anything else, you just want to see players improve and show that they've grown from last season to this season, or give you a sense of what kind of player they're going to be once they make it to the NBA. And in that regard, I would say the Portland Summer League went just about as well as you could expect it to. Let's go ahead and look at some of the individual performance at Summer League from a stat perspective. First, Shaden Sharp, who, like Scoot, missed almost all of his first Summer League due to a shoulder injury. But this time around, Shaden looked every bit like the franchise cornerstone he's been billed as since breaking through during his rookie season. While Sharp didn't shoot the percentage you might like to see, he looked like he could take a game over at almost any time he wanted to and averaged 17 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 2.5 assists in 27.9 minutes per game. And for me, I think what really impressed me most about Shaden, which is something I just referenced there, is Shaden kind of let the games come to him in Las Vegas. And when it seemed like it was something that he needed to deal with right away, you could see that he had the wherewithal and the understanding and the skills to go out and accomplish those things. Otherwise, I feel like he kind of deferred to his teammates a little bit, kind of let other guys who probably need the work more than he does get that work in. And so I feel like Shaden didn't really press at all at Summer League, which particularly for a guy who didn't play last season and who had a lot of hype at the end of this season, you might expect for him to come out and really kind of try to put it on teams. He didn't do that. And I feel like that says a lot about who Shaden is as a player and as a person. I think he understands that Summer League is just Summer League and you don't need to go too hard on it while also knowing that you need to get some work done as well. I thought Shaden had a really good summer league. I thought there was the bones of what you want to see going into next season, where his minutes and his role, you would imagine, are going to increase quite a bit from last season. Jabari Walker, whose performance at the 2022 Las Vegas Summer League earned the second round pick, a contract before his rookie season, averaged 12.0 points on 57% shooting from the field and 50% shooting from three, which is great, obviously, 8.2 rebounds and 1.6 assists in 23.3 minutes per game. I came away from Summer League feeling like Jabari is really ready for rotation minutes going into next season. Probably not a starter at this point in his career, but I really feel like 15, 20 minutes for Jabari Walker at this point is something he could handle. I thought he would get those minutes last season. Didn't really end up playing out that way. I think it obviously depends on how the roster looks once it's completely put together. But I could absolutely see Jabari playing regular minutes off the bench this season. Still has a knack for the ball. His shot is improving. He's just got a great feel for the game. It's not something that's going to show up on the highlights all the time, but just a guy who knows how to play, knows where to be, and knows what he's supposed to do when he's out there. I'm expecting big things for Jabari in his second season after this summer league. Scoot Henderson might have played just 21 minutes in his return to Las Vegas since being selected with the third overall pick, but he did enough during those 21 minutes to make quite a buzz at Summer League, so much so that you would hardly know that he only played three quarters. 
He finished that one game with 15 points, six assists, and five rebounds, which was enough for some executives reportedly, and a huge emphasis here on reportedly, questioning whether the Spurs might regret taking Wembenyama over Scoot Henderson. While that might very well end up being the case, as in Scoot might really go on to be the better player, something that we've seen time and time again when it comes to those selected after the first overall pick, I don't think those are the kind of declarations you can or should make based off of one summer league game. Women Yama also looked pretty good at summer league as well, by the way. But either way, even though he only played three quarters, Scoot leaves summer league with more hype than he entered and for good reason. And that is something you don't necessarily see at Summer League. A lot of times, it's almost like like what you saw with Wimbenyama, like what you saw with Brandon Miller. For the top picks, if you don't play out of your mind, a lot of times, I think the pundits look at it and say like, well, boys, should this guy really have gone this high? With Scoot, it was the exact opposite. Only play three quarters. Everyone already talking about how he might very well end up being the steal of the draft, which is really saying something when you're the third overall pick. Do guys come out of Summer League with hype? Absolutely. Do they come out of Summer League with more hype than they entered after only playing three quarters? Not very often, which I think really speaks to how good people thought Scoot looked. And I think it also speaks, too, to just the way that he conducted himself on the bench. You know, in in the last game that Portland played versus Miami, I think they even discussed it, how he was so excited for his teammates, even though they're playing in a game that doesn't matter. They've been in Las Vegas for a while. Everyone's probably looking to start the vacations. Scoot's still out there rooting as hard in the last game as he was rooting in the first game, which is a great sign for someone you expect to come in and be one of your team leaders going forward. Even though he played three quarters, heck of a summer league for Scoot Henderson. That's really saying something. As for Chris Murray, he averaged 10 points on 43% shooting from the field and 32% shooting from three, 4.4 rebounds, 1.2 assists, and 1.4 steals in 24.7 minutes per game. I thought Chris looked every bit like the 3 and D guy that he was billed as coming out of Iowa. I think he showed a maturity and a level of focus and not really kind of getting roped into some of the tropes you have at Summer League where guys just go out trying to gun the entire time. I thought he played within himself on both ends of the floor. I think you can see Chris Murray is going to be a guy who's going to be able to come in and compete for minutes right away for this team as rookie season. Nothing at Summer League made me feel like there's any reason to believe that Chris isn't going to be a part of this rotation going forward. Obviously, there's things to work on. Chris would agree with that as well. But I I think we saw the exact kind of player, the exact kind of maturity that the Blazers were looking at when they had Chris Murray ranked so high and yet were still able to get him with the 23rd overall pick. I saw exactly from Chris Murray what I thought I would see from Chris Murray at Summer League, and that's a pretty good thing as well. Wrapping up some of the players who have contracts for the Blazers going into next season, Rian Rupert, Ibu Baji, and John Butler Jr. all showed flashes at times at Summer League, particularly on the defensive end. I would imagine that all three, Rupert has a full NBA contract, while Baji and Butler Jr. are on two-way deals, will see significant time with Portland's G League team, the Rip City Remix, in their inaugural season. Again, all those guys looked good at times, but all of them looked like they probably still need some refinement. They're all very young. Rian is 19. Both Baji and John Butler Jr. are both 20 years old. So still plenty of time for those guys to improve. And I imagine they'll get that opportunity with the remix while also splitting time with the main club. As for other players whose performance in Las Vegas might result in invites to join the remix, Michael DeVoe, Justin Manaya, and Wap Reith all seemed as though they did enough to warrant future consideration. DeVoe handled quite a bit of the Portland scoring load at guard with Scoot out. Manaya did a little bit of everything, building on the run they had with the Trailblazers late in the 2022-23 regular season, and Wraith, a 27-year-old, seemed like he has the size and the skills to be an end-of-the-bench center for an NBA team right now, so if he's looking to break into playing in the United States, a stint with the remix might be a good place for him to start. 
I also wouldn't be surprised if Nathan Williams and Antoine Davis ended up playing on the peninsula at some point in time next year as well. Obviously, they're still putting together that remix squad. They're still putting together the main squad as well. Portland might have some roster spots, so it's very possible that some of these guys maybe pick up some roster spots in the NBA. But if nothing else, I would imagine that those players I just mentioned will have the option to join the remix should they take it. And that will do it for this edition and the first season of The Briefcase. As I mentioned on the last edition of the Blazers Balcony with Brooke Olsendam, now is the start of the real NBA offseason, and the podcast frequency will reflect that over the next few months. Obviously, if the team makes any signings, they still have a number of exceptions with which to sign for agents, or if there's any movement in the situation with Damian Lillard, Joe Cronin said, if it takes months, it takes months, and I think you should take him at his word on that, then we'll be right back with new episodes of The Briefcase and The Blazers Balcony. But if not, let's all just take this opportunity to recharge before turning our full attention to the 2023-24 regular season. So with that, thank you for joining me on this edition of The Briefcase and on all the previous editions as well. We've had a great response over the first 50 episodes and will only increase both the quality and the quantity of this podcast going into next season. So if you haven't subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, please consider doing so now. Thank you as always for listening. Go Blazers.